On this episode, things get intense. Brody Kern joins the show and we talk everything addiction, operating in extremes, being real with yourself, transforming your life through meditation. And Brody explains what he means when he says, stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. Uh, This conversation was a lot of fun. Uh, If you don't know Brody, he transformed his life from being a drug addict to building multiple seven-figure companies. And if you love this episode, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share. I think a lot of people will connect with this episode and enjoy. Do you ever wonder how some podcasts get thousands of new listeners and you don't? Do you wonder how people get featured in major publications? Do you ever wonder how Instagram videos go viral? Welcome to the Giant Voices Podcast, hosted by Carson Jones. Every week, we bring you the biggest names in podcasting, marketing, and public relations to help you break through the noise and take your brand to the next level. Oh, and we like to mix in the uncomfortable topics like mental health, anxiety, and the internal battles that keep us from growing. Now, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Giant Voices Podcast. I'm Carson Jones, your host. And on today's episode, Brody Kern joins us. Um, Brody's the host of the Wake Up Wealthy Podcast. Uh, He's a serial entrepreneur, real estate investor, who's grown multiple successful companies to millions in revenue. Um, Brody is also an industry leader in the self-transformation space. Um, He actually transformed his own life after being addicted to drugs and alcohol for years. And now Brody runs the Wake Up Wealthy Brotherhood, where he helps entrepreneurs transform their lives and their businesses. Uh, Brody's passion and fire is contagious. Like this episode is going to be amazing. I did some push-ups to prepare because I I knew I needed to match his energy and I cannot wait to share his message with you all. Brody, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm super excited to be here. You know, I've done a lot of podcasts and I don't look forward to a lot, but as you and I have been uh, building a relationship and you building this show, I've been very excited to hop on, share my story, share my passion with your audience, man. Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack here, and there's a lot that uh, that I can relate with personally, and I'm excited to share some of this stuff with the audience and some stuff that maybe people don't even know about me. But let's let's start with the addiction stuff because um, people often associate addiction with just being a bad thing, and I would say like if you if you can become addicted to the bad stuff, you can also become addicted to good as well. And let's start with the bad first, though, because I know you were there for a long time. Yeah, yeah, man. So a big part of my story uh, is my past with substance abuse. It made me who I am. It's a big part of who I am today. Um, You know, I'm still someone who I've been through program of AA. I identify as an alcoholic, identify as a drug addict. Like that is my life. And it's something that was a very dark time for me. You know, ultimately, um, I was nearly dead at 21 from drug and alcohol abuse. The year that I was 21, I overdosed six times. And, uh, you know, three of which being three days in a row at the end of a really, really gnarly run. And, you know, that ultimately led me to a point of desperation, checking myself into a rehab. That's so that's tough because I I mean, I've never gotten to that point, but one thing that that I don't share and haven't really talked about openly is, um, you know, they say that you can't really be addicted to marijuana. That's like a common phrase that people use that, you know, people that's whether they smoke or don't, but it almost it become, if it becomes a dependency where you start associating parts of your life that shouldn't be associated with drugs or alcohol or whatever it is with that activity, that is addiction in its own right. So like, what was it? What was the, what were your days like? Because you get in this habit, this default cycle where 
you know, you almost associate drugs and alcohol with part of your life. Like what was, what was your life like? Yeah, man. So, I mean, dude, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't all so depressing like it was in the end. You know, I, uh, I, I was, I was a normal kid, man. I got good grades. I played sports. I just, the second when I was 13 that I smoked weed, drank shortly after, uh, I knew that I loved to be fucked up and I loved to party. And ultimately it was because, um, I was incapable of dealing with my emotions. I was incapable of dealing with, you know, being alone with my own thoughts. So I was also a very social person. And because being alone made me stressed out, it caused anxiety, it caused panic. And these were things that, you know, I had no, I had no coping skills. Um, I come from a long line of alcoholics and addicts and, you know, it was my solution, man. It made me feel great. I, uh, it was my everything and it was how I identified with, because not only was it fun, not only did it hide my problems, uh, but I was really fucking good at it. <laughs> Straight up, dude. Like I just, nobody could drink more. Nobody could do more cocaine. Nobody was more fun than me uh, in the high school and college environment. You know, I went to, I went to the university of Missouri, a big party school for three years before I dropped out to go to rehab. And, um, you know, so for a long time there, it was, uh, while I was partying, I was drinking and doing drugs seven days a week. Uh, it was exciting. It was this college life. I was in a fraternity. Um, and you know, I didn't really ever struggle with school. So because of that, I could do whatever the fuck I wanted. I was out on my own, you know, 18, 19, uh, 18 and 19, I was partying every day. I was drink. I was always drinking, always drinking, uh, pretty much, you know, wake up, go get some lunch, start boozing. Um, and then, you know, cocaine started to become two days a week, three days a week, four days a week, five days a week. And then by the year that I was 20, I, you know, my body had started to decline and so did the rest of my life. So like the progression that most alcoholics and addicts take over 40, 30, 40 years, right? As far as their health and everything in their life, I did it in four. I burned it all to the ground, right? So like my body was shutting down because of the amounts that I was doing. I was never like a, I was never a recreational user. Recreation to me was, you know, doing three, four grams of Coke a day and, uh, you know, drinking a handle of tequila. And so, body shuts down. And at the same time, you know, the deeper and deeper you get into addiction, you know, I was at the point now where I was totally chemically dependent um, and had been for quite a while. I just didn't realize it. Like if I didn't drink in the mornings, um, my body would shake. And so I remember the year that I was 20, my junior year of college, I had, you know, I had been on a bad bender and uh, of doing ecstasy and drinking for like two weeks. And I tried, I was like, okay, I'm not, this is the only time before I quit uh, that I said, I'm not going to drink and I didn't drink for three days. And then, so the only things that are dangerous to go cold Turkey on are alcohol and benzos, which is like Xanax, Klonopin. Um, and I had a very bad problem with both. And so I ended up having a, a, a grand mal seizure dropped in the middle of a, a, a Walmart with my dad and, uh, you know, ended up being taken to the hospital. Wow. So did it take you because I remember you posted on Instagram, you know, that it's been three years since you had that last relapse and like, did it take just hitting rock bottom? Like where, where, what is the point? Cause I am sure that there are people listening, that there are people out there that this will eventually get to that are going through that where they're like, I can't break this cycle. Like I, I just, I need this every day. It's just part of who I am. And it, it is really hard to stop and pivot and say, okay, now my life's going to be different. Like, 
did you, was there a point in time where you were just like, I have to make a change or what, what was that transformation process like of going from being an addict to, okay, I got to change my life. Like this, something has to change. Yeah. So, um, there are many points of change along my storyline. The first being, so, you know, to put you on the timeline, like that seizure happened. I went to the hospital about six months later, I started doing, I, I left the university of Missouri, came back down to Springfield to Missouri state university to be a little bit closer to home and try to pull my shit together. And so what happened is I got home and all my boys from high school were doing heroin, right? That was, it was real prevalent in Springfield. So, um, so I started, I started doing heroin with them. And then, you know, I, once I started doing heroin, started to overdose often, right? I kept, I kept ending up in the hospital. And then, so, you know, they, it would become more frequent and like people kept saying, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die. Um, and then, so I overdosed on heroin one night, then the next, and I was like, fine, that was a mishap. It was a fluke. I used to really think I was invincible. Right. I was still 20, I was 21. I'm like, I can't be dying from drugs yet. You know, like it's not. And then part of me had kind of like, I was okay with it. Like I had accepted that I was probably going to people had been saying since I was 16, Brody's going to die when he was 20. Like, I remember when I made it to 21, it was like, I made it, motherfuckers. Like, and, uh, but then, so the year that, you know, the first night I overdosed on heroin, second night I overdosed on a concoctions of things and, uh, you know, actually had to be, had to be hit with paddles, had, had, had to be resuscitated, had to have my heart shocked back to where it needed to be. And then, so after that night, I was like, that was the second night, right? I'm like, okay, I'm done. Right. It was an ultimate point of rock bottom. I had nowhere to go. Nothing, nothing like my life was just totally broken. I was broken as a human. I had no idea who I was. And, uh, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I don't know how I'm going to be done, but I'm done. And that night some buddies hit me up, you know, that day to go and have a couple drinks. And I was like, you know what? I could probably take the edge off. Right. My intention was to have, uh, just a couple beers. So if you fast forward a few hours, I'm getting picked up uh, off the street downtown and these cops make me blow in a breathalyzer and I blew a 0.45 BAC, which, uh, you know, like the average person, you know, has a good chance of dying at 0.4. And so uh, they drove me straight to the hospital. I woke up in the hospital in four point restraints and, uh, you know, I was just lucky to be alive. And the next day from there, I went to, I went to rehab. Found a found a rehab and went. Yeah, it's dude. That's that's insanely scary. Like crazy story. Like you you've been you've been to like the bottom. Did you did you have to? So I heard something the other day that really resonated with me. And you know, it's hard to kind of start disassociating from those friends and separating yourself from people that have become so close to you for so long. Because I'm guessing you know maybe some of them had a problem, but maybe some of them were responsible. Maybe some of them didn't have a problem, but. It's almost like you don't necessarily just need to audit your friends and who you're hanging out with, but you also have to audit who you are when you hang out with those people more so than anything else. Is that what you Yeah. Well, so, um, you know, I was kind of, nobody was stopping me. I had friends who were drug addicts, uh, you know, and are still drug addicts. I have friends who have gotten sober like me. Um, but the thing about like true addicts, like there's, there's people who are, there's people who are influenced by you know, other people and maybe they, you know, fall into peer pressure and they do things that they're, they normally wouldn't want to do. And then there's people who will drink themselves to death like me. Right. And 
true addicts, um, like both are equally, you can go through equal amounts of pain, right? Like fun, everybody's rock bottom, like my rock bottom seems so extreme, but it's the same as some 13 year old girl who, you know, it, is worried about her weight and fucking gets picked on, right? Her rock, rock bottom's all relative, yeah. you know? Like just mine, yeah, it was physically intense because it was drug abuse, but it's uh, it's relative to everyone everyone else's. So like what, you know, for those listening, whatever your bottom is, like and whenever you hear my story, it's not like I see you and I hear you for like what you're going through and like whatever it is, there's a path out. Whether it's drugs, whether it's, you know, whatever, dude, anything that you're going through, there's a path out. There's always another way. Like nothing is ever set in stone. And... You know, so there's two, there's those two types, but ultimately you are uh, heavily influenced by who you hang around. And I mean, that's true for me. That's just as true for me today as it was for me five years ago. Yeah. And it's funny because this is like a, a business podcast, but in the intro I talk about, we talk about a lot about mental health and I think it's so important because, and this is something that I resonated with you right away because it's, it's almost like this, this part, stuff is so important. You know, people don't associate the mental side and the physical side with business all the time, but this is so important. I think that was the point I wanted to hear from you is it's all about like self-awareness. It's all about like understanding who you are and being able to dig out of it because, you know, honestly, like you, you, and you know this about you, like you're still an addict, like you operate in very, very much in extremes, whether that's your intensity, like you're very intense in business just as you probably were like you go all in with business just like you did when you were doing drugs like you're about to run a 50 mile race like you're 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 an addict but you know that about yourself and you it, you can almost use it for good just as you did using it for bad so like how do you how are you taking how did you take that same addictive personality and use it for a driving force of good instead of you know killing yourself well, look, man, so back then I didn't know that I was going to go on to do all these things and build businesses and impact people. Uh, I was just trying to stay sober for today. Um, but as more today's happened and I gained more time in sobriety, the thing is I've always been like this in everything that I did. When I was a kid, I remember hearing the word moderation all the time. Like my parents are like, Brody, like, can you just fucking chill? And the answer was always no. I don't understand. I don't understand the word. I still don't. Right. I think it's fucking, I think it's useless. You're either in or you're out. It's black or white. Like you're all in or don't, there's no point in doing it. Like that's how I've always been. And so I got into business, not because I really had such a desire to be an entrepreneur and all this shit. I was a college dropout junkie. Nobody would, I couldn't get a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I had to find a way to make it work and in traditional, you know, alcoholic fashion, when I do something, I don't fucking stop. And I don't, nothing phases me. When I was drinking, you know how many people told me to stop drinking, that it wasn't gonna work, that I was gonna die, that I couldn't live, that fucking blah, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I saw that bitch through and guess what? Yeah, but they were right, but you know, I had to figure it out. And just like when I got into business and like everybody else who's getting into business, People tell you to go back to school. People tell you to get in line. People tell you to get a job, to play it safe. Your parents tell you it's not going to work, right? Your friends fucking don't understand what you're doing. This self-development stuff is bullshit. Why don't you just get a job and fucking hate yourself, right? Like, it's all, it, like, it's just noise, bro. It's just noise. And for me, the path has always been doing more. Yeah. And 
the, the other thing that I really like that you're, you're talking about a lot because I'm sure the conversations with yourself changed. I remember when, you know, when I was smoking and very like dependent on marijuana, like the conversations that are going on with yourself are not very good. You, 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 it just, it's, it's bringing you down in a way that you, you start looking at yourself negatively and you start feeling negatively like associations with yourself. And, you know, now that you're in control, you know, I feel the same way. It's super empowering, but you start talking about like, stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself instead. What, what does that mean? What does that mean exactly? Yeah. So look, I mean, your personality, your state is made up of, your personality is made up of three things, the way you think, the way that act and the way that you feel. Right. And so I was like, right now, my personality, because when I got sober, I was this, you know, weak individual, overweight, didn't know who he was, didn't know where he was supposed to go in life because I thought I was supposed to graduate college and all this shit. I had no clue. Right. I was just, a, I was a pussy. And I didn't know, I didn't know. Uh, and it was, and I told myself that I'm like, you're a pussy, right? Like you are a fucking bitch, Brody Kern, you suck. And because you got addicted to drugs, you had to go to rehab, you dropped out of college, you have no job, no end, you work at a fucking pizza place and, uh, you're a loser. Right. And because I told myself that that's how I felt. I acted like, so I just continued self-fulfilling prophecy of, yeah, you know what? I'm going to eat some more fucking pizza and I'm just not going to go to the gym and I'm going to do all this shit because it's what losers do, right? Your brain is not your friend. That's very important. Your brain is not your friend. It, no matter how fucking focused you were trying to be, and even me now, I wake up and your brain is like, you're not fit to lead the brotherhood. You're not fit to lead your businesses. You're not fit to be a father. You're not fit to be a husband. But in reality, I know that I am. And I have to fucking beat that voice down every single morning. Every morning, my morning routine is built to beat that voice down and gain momentum and gain confidence and gain leverage back on myself. Because guess what? If I let that thing run, run free, the fucking negative thoughts, the anxious thoughts, they overtake you and it becomes that self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And that's, that's daily, like, especially in entrepreneurship. I, I mean, I go through it every damn day. It's like, sometimes you have a good day. Sometimes you have a bad day, but at some point throughout your day, every day, there's, there's that thought of, am I supposed to be doing this? Am I good enough to do this? Like, I'm not shit. Like, who am I? Like, why, why am I trying to do this? Why do I think I'm this? Like that, that voice is really strong. And like, how do you, how do you beat that now? Like, what gives you confidence to, to do that? Because it starts to, I mean, there's days where it will start to crescendo where, you know, it starts off as a little voice, but then you just let it start creeping on you. And then one thing starts to turn into another thing. And then it can almost take over your day if you're not really careful. Dude, that's the thing. Well, and like, let me tell you this entrepreneurship. There's a reason that I say mental and you understand that mental health should be talked about in entrepreneurship because there is not a single arena in the world with the exception of maybe professional sports where more pressure is on an individual to succeed, right? There's fucking employees, the family, so many heartbeats and mouths require you to show up powerfully, not just one day, every fucking day of the year forever, right? And when you start thinking in terms of general, generalities like that, forever, everyone, it becomes very hard for the brain to process. It becomes too much pressure, becomes you know, so overwhelming that you belittle yourself down to feeling that you're not enough. I am not enough is the number one limiting belief held by all entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. No matter what phase they are in, it is the number one belief. And then so that voice 
It does. It's a daily fucking battle. But guess what? That's why if you want to get out of that, you have to gain the way to gain out of that is by creating wins. But we're all focused on such big wins, right? Make $100,000, then make a million dollars, right? Do all this, run a 50 mile race, do all this crazy shit, the big wins, right? But when you start thinking about big wins, it becomes unmanageable. The way that you get to big wins is through a lot of small wins. So for me, hitting my non-negotiables in the morning, waking up at 4.30, meditating, hitting the gym, journaling, and then taking a cold shower, those are all things that I force myself to do every single morning. And guess what? I literally have them the way that I manage my life and my business is on Trello, and they're check boxes. I literally check the boxes every single morning because when I do that, my confidence goes up. When I check that box, the confidence goes up, and guess what? I've gained leverage on myself every morning before everyone else wakes up. That, I, I love that because that's something that's changed a ton for me over the last couple of months. And then even recently this last month, like the, those small wins, like we're, people are built to be productive. And I think, like you said, we get so overwhelmed and we have to, you know, hit the end goal that we forget to make little <clears throat> points, little checks along the way. Like, my life has become so much more successful and less stressful. My mornings are starting off so much better because as soon as I wake up, I, the first thing I used to do was grab my phone and all of a sudden now your brain is sitting to chaos. It, this was something like I heard from Jay Shetty and started implementing. And now every morning when I wake up and I look at that phone and I don't touch it and instead I go outside, I drink a whole thing of water, I take some deep breaths, I do some breathing exercises, I go make coffee, like just doing those little things and triggering, you know, just checkpoints along the way, uh, it, it, creates, it creates momentum. It's like when you own your morning, then you, start, then you start creating that momentum and then you start hitting more and more of those checkpoints throughout the day. Like I, I think that's so invaluable and not enough people talk about like the little wins along the way. And uh, like another thing that I think is so important that will, will change your life is just getting around the right people that you know, challenge you to do little things like that and just open your mind to those perspectives. So you started this brotherhood which now getting pretty big, over 70 members of people that are very, very like-minded. And that's another thing with entrepreneurship and life, like it's very isolating. You know, we, we don't feel like there's people around that are like us. And it, it, can be, it can be isolated, it can be depressing because you see all your friends, you know, that are doing different stuff and they all kind of get each other. They wake up, they go to work, they do this, they do that. But we're very different because it's very, very, it's a very different lifestyle. So what, what is the brotherhood? Like, why did you start it? And um, like, how important is that mentorship and that bond of knowing people that just aren't different than you? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. So, you know, to give everybody some context of how the, you know, Wake Up Wealthy was founded, why I got into the coaching space, why I even started putting content out on social media is because, you know, to give you some context. So, you know, we're fast forwarding a lot here. Uh, I got sober, built a real estate business, built a call center business, built a payment processing business. And uh, so I built three businesses to a good scale. And what was happening then is I was still unhappy, man. I was working 80, 90 hours a week. I was making fucking sick money. And I just, yeah, I wasn't happy. I grew up poor, thought money was gonna solve the problems. It didn't, my relationship was suffering. Um, my health was suffering. I had no sense of spirituality, which I found, I found for a little while. And then when I became obsessed with business and money, um, I lost it. I lost it. 
So no sense of spirituality, no sense of health. Relationship was poor. And the only thing that was going well for me was business. And I, I was like, dude, you know what? I fucking hate this. So I walked away from it all. I stopped doing everything uh, except for my payment processing business. But I wasn't, uh, you know, I was, I was working literally zero. Right before I got married, I said, you know what? I'm done working for a while. I had money to get by and I was doing totally fine. Uh, and I said, I'm going to fucking find myself. Dude. I'm going to get fit. I'm going to get my spirituality back. I'm going to... Uh, and I'm going to find out what I want to do because now I know that just money alone is not enough to solve my problems. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would look online, dude. And there were guys who were, they were more fit than I was. They were more spiritual than I was. They had better relationships than I had. And on top of that, they made more money. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I just thought that I was maxing out. I thought that I was pushing it to the limits. Right. And then that opened my eyes to wow, I could really have it all. I could max it, out, max it out in every area of life. And because of that, I built, I did it for myself. It took me about 12 months to really figure it out. Uh, next thing I knew, um, in the year that I focused on, because we, I, I call it the MBSB system, mind, body, spirit, business. Those are the core four areas that we focus on. Uh, in that year that I, you know, I was always growing my income 30, 40, 50% year over year. That year was, uh, that year was 2000, it was second, third, fourth quarter of 2017 and first and second quarter of 2018. And uh, I was only focusing on mind, body, spirit and my income grew to 230%. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Right. It didn't make any sense. Right. I didn't even, I didn't even work that hard. I barely worked and shit was just falling in my lap. Things were, you, the universe fucking aligned and like delivered it to me on a silver platter. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Probably a fluke though, but just in case it's not, I'm going to take on a couple of coaching clients. So I had started putting out content because I always had a voice and I always loved speaking and I wanted to be part of a bigger conversation. Uh, and I also wanted to help people get sober. And that was kind of why I got on social media and then, you know, so I found some clients on there who would pay me to do, you know, to coach them. And I took my first three clients and for three, three months, I didn't take another client. I had people asking me, but I didn't take another client. I took these first three guinea pigs and I just tested everything that I could on them. Everything under the sun that I had ever learned in my entire life about self-development, growth, mindset, business, I tested it on them. And then, you know, if you fast forward six months, we... Uh, they had the same results I did. Shit was going crazy for them. And I had built, these guys were so tight, these three dudes. Uh, their names are Tyler Smith, Justin Caballero, and Trevor Carley. They were my first three clients. Uh, you may know who Justin Caballero is. He's big now. Um, and uh, dude, the, I forced these guys to get so transparent and so vulnerable with each other. No shit goes unsaid in my fucking brotherhood, dude. You either show up to grow or you don't. Right. But like we're picky who comes in. There's a high fee to get in. And it's because I built who I, I built a tribe of people that I wanted to be around. Mm -hmm. I was always an outlier, dude. People always questioned what I did. I was fucking crazy. Started my own business. Well, I should have gotten a job, went to school, all this stuff. Right. And on top of that, I'm so intense and abrasive, dude. Like I'll fucking, I'll walk into a room and like three people will leave if I start talking. You know what I mean? And, uh, because of that, dude, I had to build people that I, I had to build a crew of people that I wanted to be around. 
And once we figured out the sauce, once we figured out how to get tremendous results for these guys in the areas of mind, body, spirit, and business, we opened it up, started taking applications, and uh, yeah, fast forward another, you know, probably eight months from there, we're 70 strong. We've put, you know, over 100 guys through uh, some other stuff that we've tested out. We've helped hundreds of dudes, and it's been amazing. I love what I do. Got a lot of freedom, uh, and it's sick. Dude, that's cool. There's certain times um, when I'm recording a podcast when, you know, sometimes you're kind of thinking about like, what's the next question I'm going to ask? Where do I want to go for here? And then there's certain times where I just kind of get lost in the conversation and just, I'm just like listening. And I, I think that's so fascinating because you said a couple of things. One about the universe, like when you start to really align with who you really are and your true self, it's weird how the vibrations and like, I call it zen like whatever you want maybe it's just positive energy and people can see that you're fully content with who you are and what you're doing that they want to be around you and they want to work with you or they maybe not even work together it's just they want to be in your bubble they want to figure out like okay this person's happy this person really likes who they are and what they do and I think no very few people have figured that out and you have which which is so fascinating to me and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on the way. I think I'm getting very close to there. But I think so many people just don't know who they are. They don't know how to become happy. So it's that alignment with the universe where it's like, okay, this person seems completely content. They're happy. They love what they do. They love who they are. They have a great life, a great relationship. I want to be around that. Like, yeah. Well, look, dude, let's talk about energy because it's important. And it seems like this woo-woo spiritual self-development bullshit that people overlook because they want to make money. Like, motherfucker, you want to make money, you need to figure out how to be energetic. You need to figure out how to transfer energy. Sales, it's a transfer of energy. You know why people say my energy is contagious? Because I fucking vibrate at a very high level. Because I know who I am. And because I know who I am, I know who you are. You catch me in person, I'm looking at someone, we're in a conversation, I'm not listening, dude. I can feel the whole fucking thing. I'm just catching feeling there. Someone's hiding some shit. They're not, I hate the word authentic because it's a buzzword, but they're not being authentic, being their most true self. I fucking feel it, mm -hmm. right? I don't even have to ask the questions. I know. And because that's because I'm so fucking aligned with who I am, my purpose in where I'm heading, I'm fucking tapped in, dude, mm -hmm. turned on all the time. I know it. And when people start thinking about that, you look down, the highest level performers in the world, they fucking got that piece. But they got there, not by looking at the outward, not by looking at what fucking car, at what fucking watch. It's by spending time looking inward. And people don't do it because it's hard. It takes time. It's confusing. It's scary. But if you don't do that, you'll never fucking win. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's intense, too. Like, I mean, to really be able to look yourself in the mirror. Like, there were times you know, when I was at low, low points in my life where you almost like, I almost like forgot what I looked like, you know, like I'd, I'd look in the, I would look in the mirror, but I'd look past myself. I'd look past like who I was and like what I was feeling because like, that's what weed was to me. It was my ability to kind of escape the reality of me being unhappy. So I would get high and then I didn't have to deal with that reality. And a lot of it came back to like, dude, I don't know what happened. Like I'm, you know, I'm 30 years old now. And there was a stretch there, you know, in my mid twenties where it was almost like a fog, you know, I'm, I'm just like sleepwalking. I, and I, and then you realize you wake up and you're like, 
what the fuck happened? Like what, what, what happened? And then you realize like, there's, there's gotta be more to it. Like my, my life is not just this endless mundane walk through life, but I feel like a lot of people do, whether they're addicted or not, whether they're on drugs or whether they're sober, they just kind of aimlessly start walking through and never really figure out because they're never willing to have honest conversations with themselves. So they're never really willing to figure out who they actually are and what they want. And one thing for me that really helped change that and help quiet my mind, because it's all these thoughts are always going on in my head. You know, you're constantly having these conversations. You're constantly like, you're, you're unable to, you know, think clearly about who you are and what you want because your brain is so cluttered or you're on drugs or something like that. So meditation was so big for me because it caused you to, it made you literally just sit there and focus on breathing and focus on, okay, what's going on? So let's talk about like the mind, body, spirit a little bit. Like what meditate, we talk about meditation a lot. Like what did meditation do for you? Like how does someone go about like starting to find themselves? Dude, meditation changed my life. Like straight up. And that's not an exaggeration. Like without meditation, because here's the deal too. When I go into depression, I'm a very, you know, and this is me being transparent. I'm a very suicidal individual. Like, you know, I, I, I don't go like I go zero to a hundred shocker, but I'm, I'm, I go from, you know, I'm depressed to, wow, like there's no point in living like real fast and meditation for me, dude, it was everything. And you know, you were talking about you using me to escape, right? Escapism, sedation. It's what everybody plays. You had, you had a spiritual awakening, you know, a moment of waking up and being like, fuck, this can't be, that's all to life. Most people don't have that awakening until they're 40 or 50. You know what I mean? Like, you're lucky. Just express the gratitude for that. I, I had it young as well. And those guys who have it young, when you have that fucking spiritual awakening, uh, you start to make changes. You start to make big changes. But the thing is, it's hard. It's scary. You got to face yourself. You got to face all that shit that you hate about yourself. You got to dig down and fucking deal with your issues with your mom and like all this gnarly shit, Right that is wrapped up in there. That was, you know, that was my, my scenario, <laughs> right? But everybody, you know, everybody has their shit. And the thing about meditation, why nobody does it is because it's the opposite of sedation. It is truly just basking in everything that you are and listening, right? And then that's the start of it. That's the start of it. Just fucking pay, full on panic. I must've had an anxiety attack every time I tried to meditate for like six months, dude. I hated it. I hated it. But I just, I kept, I kept pushing forward. To be honest, I don't know why. I don't know why I kept pushing forward, but because I knew that I needed something. And ultimately my brain, you know, once I faced all that shit, it came up and I could sit with it and I could be alone with my thoughts. Uh, things started to slow down. Then I started to be able to breathe. Then I started to work on focus. Then I started to tap into that energetic vibrational field that I was talking about. And then, dude, it was the thing. Like, meditation is the thing in my life that creates results, right? Like, I fucking, someone asked me something the other day, like, hey, how did you, how did, how you manage to do X, right? I don't remember what they asked me. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know, probably meditation. And they're like, what? Like, that's not even, that's not even related at all. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, I'm like, but dude, you don't understand. Like, that's the fucking key to, it's the key to everything. It's the centering. It's how you tap in to make this whole weird world do shit. Yeah. It's, 
it, it is crazy. Like I, I've got, I've got no real good response to that, honestly, because it, it's completely true. Right. And that's something that you're really good at too, is you just really dig so deep and go so far into like no bullshit. Like let's uncover what's really going on that you almost like put people in a corner to where it's like, okay, like this is it. Like this is what's going on. And it almost becomes like the, you know, like the dog, like the puppy, you back into a corner where he's like bouncing back and forth and he's got all these excuses he's trying to get out of you. And then, and then you, you narrow him down. He's in a corner. It's like, okay, I got nothing else. Like I, I can't bullshit anymore. I got no more excuses. Like, let's get real. And that's, that's funny. That's funny. I've heard it a lot. I've heard yeah. it a lot. <laughs> oh man. Brody. I mean, this, this has been absolute fire. I, I, I can sit here and talk to you all day. Like we have these conversations just off air and I think they're really fun. Um, but this was awesome. Like I knew when, when we set this up that this was going to be a really fun conversation. And I know there's like a part two, part three and part four to this, that this is going to be just like totally. a, recurring, a recurring piece because I really enjoy these conversations. And I feel like you bring the best out of, of, of me. Like if you go listen to some of my other podcasts, they're all great. And all of my guests are, are different in different ways, but I think if you go listen to some of my other episodes and then you listen to this one, you're like, okay, wow, there's a different energy for me too. And I think, I think that's what makes these conversations cool is you really have the ability to, you know, level up other people in a non-bullshit, non-like kiss your ass way. It's just like, hey, if you're going to be in a conversation with me, you're going to be in a room with me, you're going to be in a brotherhood with me, you're going to be around me. You either have to come up and match this level or you're going to will. You know, it's either like come up to my level and let's go or get the hell out, you know? And that's, I think that's pretty cool. I appreciate it, dude. I appreciate it. You know, it is, it has been quite the challenge and you know, this'll, this'll be good for everyone to hear. It takes time to figure out who you are and it takes it cause I've been through many, there's been many different versions of me before I landed on uh, the one that ultimately was where I started. And it's the hero's journey for anyone listening or for you, if you haven't studied the work of Joseph Campbell, um, in the hero's journey, I highly recommend it. It is, uh, it's totally enlightening. We all go out on this path to try to be someone and we ultimately come back to who we're supposed to be and where we started. And, uh, when you get back to it, you're empowered. It gives me the chills talking about it. When you get back to it, you're empowered and you're ready to actually, uh, push on with life and actualize everything that you've wanted. And it's truly, it's truly a good, a good feeling to know when you're there and to be able to then share that incredibly, you know, unfiltered energy with everyone else because that's what builds them up. Yeah. I think that's a really good point too, that we'll, uh, we'll put as a parting shot because people think that they have to be that final version of themselves at all times, but giving permission, people permission to grow and say that, Hey, you can put yourself out there and grow with that. And you're, you're going to change along the way. And that's okay. You're not supposed to be the finished version of yourself at any point. And even you would probably tell yourself that you're probably the best version of yourself that you've been, but five years from now, Brody is going to be very different too. And I think that's all part of the process. So Dude, who knows, who knows who I'm going to be in five years. And the thing is, you know, you go up and you go down. Like I've had so many encounters like points in my life where I'm like, dude, I'm never, okay. I'm never going to struggle with this again. Right. But life happens and shit goes crazy. And it's not until you release all judgment from yourself 
you let that judgment go and you just you just accept that failure and you know this insanity is part of the process Mm -hmm. uh you can never you can never move on because you get so caught up and i failed i failed i failed when you could just be moving forward yep and that's a good point too. Be nice to yourself because uh, if you're not nice to yourself, the world's not going to be nice to you. So, um, exactly. Brody, Brody, if people want to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Look, man, I, I am. Uh, I spend a lot. My hub is Instagram. I suggest everybody follow me on Instagram at Brody Kern, B-R-O-D-I-E-K-E-R-N. I'm sure you will link this stuff, but uh, dude, just hit me up on there. I get back to DMs all the time. I'm super engaged whatever you're struggling with, fucking pressure of entrepreneurship, relationship, family, addiction, it's whatever it is, dude, you will find power in sharing it with someone else. And I have, you know, I put this out on every podcast. I say that I am that beacon for sharing. Um, so that thing that you've always hid safe with me, just fucking put it out there and you will grow immediately. Yeah. I, uh, I love that, Brody. I appreciate all the time, brother. And uh, thanks for coming on. And we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Absolutely, dude. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Giant Voices Podcast. If you love the show, don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review. Also, if you have questions, message us on Instagram at Giants underscore Voices or message Carson at Carson Jones.